Hello, and welcome to the James Sheets Podcast. This podcast features the sermons and preaching messages of James Sheets, who pastored throughout West Virginia for many years. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave a five-star review and share a memory of James with us. Let's listen as Pastor James Sheets begins his message. Luke chapter 18, verse 9 through 14. And he spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up into the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee, the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in the week, I give tithes of all that I possess. And the publican, standing afar off, would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased. He that humbleth himself shall be exalted. Let us pray. Our Father, we realize that we are one, like one of these men, who find ourselves thinking more of us, of ourselves, than we ought to think, and elevating ourselves beyond what is reasonable in your eyes. Or we are like the one who beat upon his breast and prayed for forgiveness of his sins. Lord, as we look at this story that the Lord Jesus gave us, may we see ourselves in light of your truth. And then, Lord, may there be responses made by this congregation to the call of your word in our life. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. I want to begin by making four statements this morning. Statement number one. Not everyone who goes to church goes to heaven. Number two, not everyone who goes to church has an experience with God. I suspect on statement number two, there might not be as full agreement as statement number one in this congregation. But I suspect that if you would look into your life a little bit, you're coming to church, that you would realize there have been times you have come to church and you have gone out of church with little relationship taking place in church between you and God, or perhaps none. 
Sometimes we look upon this that we're doing this morning as a program. When somebody performs and we are sitting back observing the performance, evaluating what the choir did, evaluating the prayer that was offered and uh, going over the sermon and deciding whether or not it's worth listening to and, and uh, then having roast preacher during dinner afterward. Have you ever had that, any of that? Um, my ears always burn, you know, at noontime on Sunday. Of course, that's the superstition we were talking about, Bob, this morning. That doesn't quite happen that way. But I believe that we ought to recognize this type of thing we're doing this morning as more than a performance that needs to be evaluated and thought that was good or that was bad. But it ought to be a means whereby we have an experience with God. And if you go out of this church this morning without having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, it will be a sad affair. Somewhere in the process of what we're doing, we will have failed. I hope that this morning we do not fail in that category. Statement number three that I want to make is only sinners go to heaven. I doubt that all of you will agree with that. But if you study the scriptures, you'll discover that that is true. Because the scripture says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There are none righteous, no, not one. So none of us can go to heaven because we are good. We will go to heaven as a sinner. But statement number four is not all sinners go to heaven. Some sinners will go to hell and some sinners will go to heaven. There is a sinner in the story that we read. As a matter of fact, there are two sinners in the story that we read. One is going to heaven because he had an experience with God. And one is going to hell though he had spent his lifetime in church. And it would seem as we look at these two men that you might think I have them backwards as I begin to speak about them, but I hope that you will see that I do not have them backwards at all. I have them exactly in their right relationship with God. Jesus gave us a story about two men. He told the story to certain people who thought that they were righteous, verse 9 tells us. But I want you to notice that he didn't stop there. Luke's interpretation is saying that he told the story to those who trusted in themselves that they were righteous. 
becomes the problem. A person who sees himself as righteous is indeed unrighteous. And so anyone in this congregation this morning that perceives himself to be righteous must relate to the man who is on his way to hell. And those who perceive themselves to be unrighteous will relate to the man who is on his way to heaven. He spoke to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous. And as a consequence of their belief in their righteousness, they reveal themselves to be what they are, and Luke gives us those who believe that they are righteous despise others. Don't take my word for it. Look there at verse 9. He spoke the parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Maybe we overlook this statement too many times, but I think it gives us an indication as who, as to who is going to heaven and who is not. As to whom. A righteous person will not despise others. An unrighteous person has a tendency to look down upon, in a despicable manner, somebody else. I think it is important for us to realize that if we take this attitude of having despite for somebody else, that we are at the least pointing out that our righteousness, our salvation, is questionable. Is questionable. Okay, there are two men. These two men went to church. Verse 10 tells us. One was a Pharisee, a self-righteous individual. He grew up in the synagogue and in the temple. He had been taught in their church schools. Relating that to modern-day times, he had been in the worship services, he had been in the Sunday school, he had been in the Bible school, he had been uh, Wednesday night prayer meeting and Bible study. He did all of those things and he could quote the scripture. Well, could he quote the scripture? He knew what God had had to say. The other was called a publican, which was a tax collector, a despised, hated person in the community, but a man who knew that he was not saved. 
a man who knew that he was not righteous. These two people are in the story. The Pharisee, the self-righteous man, came boldly up to the front of the church and he stood where everybody could see him and he offered a long and loud prayer. Because he wanted to be recognized as being righteous. And his prayer is very interesting. He says, God, I thank you I'm not like everybody else. I'm different. Sir, you ought to be glad to have me. He said, I'm not an extortioner, meaning there are people that I see here that are extortioners. He said, I'm not unjust, meaning I know people in the congregation that are. He said, I know adulterer, meaning I know in my mind there are those people out there who have committed adultery. Then he said, I'm not even like that publican. Despicable. The lowest of all people. Sure not like you. It sounds like the words that I have heard many times. Well, I may not a church member, but I'm just as good as your church members. You know, the tragic thing of it is, the person who's saying it's probably a whole lot better than a lot of the church members. But his attitude betrays him. To think that he could compare himself to other people and God is going to listen? He was trying to say, God, I think you need to brag on me and to pat me on the back and tell me how glad you are that I'm here. But he doesn't stop there. He goes on to remind God of all that he does. He fasted twice a week. He went without a meal on two different days in the week. When it came to giving, he tithed. You know, if we had everybody in our congregation tithed, I would never have mentioned this statement this morning. We'd have more money than we know what to do with. I sat out one time in church that I pastored. I'll never do this again because I really got going over for it. Everybody in church was mad at me. I knew where everybody worked, and it wasn't too hard to figure out what all the incomes were, so I told them all. I came up with a big old figure. I didn't say what everybody's, I just told them, here's the total income of this church. Everybody in it, and one-tenth of that is this amount. If ever all of us tied, here's how much money we'd have. And you talk about getting raked over the coals. I'm not brave enough to do that again. 
I never did have so many people mad at me. Why? Because we cannot begin, a, a large portion of us cannot begin to match the, the concern and the interest that this man had for his church in his giving. He tithed of everything that he had. He was a type individual that any preacher would like to have on his deacon board. Who was committed, never missed service, always gave well beyond everybody else, prayed well, gained so much in prayer that he spent lots of time on his knees to the point that he missed meals. He did all those things. But he ruined it all by bragging about it. Therefore, he lost any benefit that might have come from it. Off to the side, out in the courtyard perhaps, but at least over in the corner somewhere, is this, quote, sinner who never even came to the front of the church. He didn't want to be seen. He was ashamed to be seen. But he knew he needed to be there. One very religious man, proper in conduct, fine moral individual, a good neighbor, and certainly a good church man. The other, very irreligious. He doesn't go to church very often. He's wayward. He has been a sinner. He's done everything that possibly man could think to do. He would be the type of individual that oftentimes the church would say, well, he certainly ought not be doing that. Surely, between these two men, if God's going to reject one of them, it's going to be this poor publican over in the corner. It's going to turn thumbs down on him for his lifestyle. Well, the way it is. And God's going to say thumbs up to this fine churchman. All the churchman did was commend himself to God. And in the same breath expressed contempt for another. I think we ought to be reminded of the scripture that says that if you do not love your brother whom you have seen, how can you love God whom you have not seen? The poor publican had a real sense of unworthiness, of humility. almost ashamed that he was there, but he knew he needed to be. I know I've probably used this illustration before, hard not to use them over again. Those of you who remember, please excuse me, but it is the story of a Chinese lady who was going to church and attending the women's mission circle meeting. 
made the white women of the church very uncomfortable that this Chinese sinner was there. Miserable sinner. So finally, the mission group came to the pastor and said, you're going to have to get rid of this lady, and if you don't get rid of her, we're going to put come. He, being for a weak spine, went to the Chinese lady and said, I'm going to have to ask you not to go to the women's mission group anymore. And the lady said to the pastor, Pastor, I know I'm a sinner. Isn't there some place a sinner can go? This church is for sinners. And for us to look down our nose with contempt as this church man did upon somebody who has committed all of the sins of the world is to destroy the purpose for which Jesus came. To save sinners. I know a church in the town of Troy, Gilmer County, a Baptist church. I wish it were not a Baptist church. I hope nobody knows anybody in that church. I don't want this to get back to it. One of the deacons of that church made the statement, we don't want anybody else coming. We're satisfied with our attendance and just the way things are. I think sometimes that attitude is wider spread than we would like to think because sinners have a tendency to interrupt our playhouse. We want things just so-so. Somebody might destroy what we want. We say that this certainly is not the image portrayed by this church. We certainly reach out in love and desire to woo into our fellowship those who are uh, members of this community, wherever they might live, who need a place to worship and serve God. Surely this is the image we portray. I hope that everyone sees it that way. Here was a man who was trying to discourage a poor sinner from coming to church. He was doing it in prayer of all things. The Pharisee stood where everybody could see him. The publican was hoping that he would not be seen because he was stained with sin. He felt so guilty. Then I want you to look a moment at the position these two men took. The Pharisee looked upward with his eyes wide open as if he were looking at God and he was taking the attitude of pride. You know why most of us do not come forward in a church service and spend a lot of time here at the altar? Why many people who are absolutely lost in sin do not give their heart and life to the Lord? It's because of that one word, pride. 
There have been time after time after time right in this church sanctuary that members of this church or some other church who have felt the tug of God in their life, they've seen themselves as unclean sinners and wanted to get things straight with the Lord, but were because of pride unwilling to step out of the seat and come forward because somebody might say, well, my goodness, wonder what they have done that would have caused them to want to repent. So it never happens. There are lost who have been in this congregation and gripped the back of the pew until their hands turned white to resist walking down the aisle because through their mind is going, if I accept Jesus Christ, I'm confessing that I have been a sinner and because of my position, what are people going to think? There's many a man and woman who have resisted the plea of the Holy Spirit because they're too proud to confess that they've been a sinner and need to be saved. That's why it's almost impossible to get a politician saved. Or a high official. You don't hear very many lawyers ever become saved. You know that there are men in the pulpit who are not saved and never will be because they cannot accept this thing of confessing to their own congregations that they need the Lord Jesus. They were put there by men, and their hearts are not with God. This poor sinner was ashamed. He didn't look up. He looked down. His head was bowed. He felt so unworthy. He was trying to hide. But there in his own prayer, he prayed the most important prayer that anybody ever prays. Just seven words long. His prayer was, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. If you have never prayed that prayer, you need to pray it. And let God see into your heart. You might be saved, but you say, but I'm not worthy of all of that. I'm too filled with sin. Yes, that's true. Let me tell you something. God's in the sin cleansing business. He'll take you to the cleaners. And when you come out of the cleaners, you'll be clothed in righteousness. There's a little old hymn song that sometimes we sing that I think tells the story. It says, it's me, it's me, O oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. It's not my brother nor my sister, but it's me, O oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer.
in need of prayer. It's not the deacon or the preacher, but it's me, oh Lord, stands in the need of prayer. There comes a time in our life that we don't look at somebody else and say, I'm glad I'm not like him. It's time for us to bow our unworthy head and pray to God above, God be merciful to me. Not to my brother, not to my sister, not to the deacon, not to the preacher, not to the person sitting by me, but God be merciful to me. I'm a sinner. Do you stand in the need of prayer this morning? This man God prayed, God forgive me. The self-righteous man said, God, I thank you, I'm not like him. Let me tell you, he should have been praying, God, I wish I were like him. God, I pray that I might become like this poor sinner over here. There's lots of people with all kinds of positions and degrees and age and pride that ought to be getting rid of those things and saying, God, be merciful to me like you were merciful to that poor sinner. I'll tell you something. God heard both of these prayers. We sometimes say God don't hear some prayers. Yes, he does. He heard both of these men pray. You know what the difference was? The Pharisee was just bragging on himself. What was there to, for God to respond to? Nothing. There was no response expected. It was a bragging session by the Pharisee talking about himself to God. He was expecting God to say, that's right, son, that's right. But God was silent. He made no response. But to the publican, he says, I tell you, that's for emphasis, that this sinner went home justified. How many times have you and I gone to church and we have gone home unjustified because we're still full of our sin. The Pharisee, a righteous man of the church, went home unjustified, unsaved. Whereas the sinner Republican went home justified, went home saved. How are you going home today? When you go out the door this morning, how are you going? Like the Pharisee or like the publican? What has been the relationship between you and God this morning? Not everyone who goes to church will have an experience with God. But I hope that is not you this morning. Will you have an experience with Him? And pray if you're not a Christian. Pray that prayer. Ask God's forgiveness just like this sinner and say, God, be merciful.
not justified. You go out saved. If you're willing to pray that prayer, I want you to get out of your seat. Put your pride behind you. Forget position, forget age, forget past experiences. Put pride behind and step out on the faith that you have in God, that God will do what he said he would do. When you call on the name of the Lord, you'll be saved. That's what the scripture promises. If you are saved, but perhaps you've been somewhat like this self-righteous individual, Instead of standing in front of a congregation and bragging to God, you might take a position similar to this sinner and ask God's forgiveness of your unrighteousness. Let us pray. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you like what you hear, hit the subscribe button. You'll receive automatic notifications and downloads when a new message is added to the podcast. Also, please leave a five-star review and take the opportunity to share stories, memories, and appreciation for James Sheets and how God used him to impact your life. If you'd like to know why and how this podcast got started, check out our first episode. Lastly, if you want to donate to help offset the cost of operating this podcast, you'll find a link to our PayPal account in the podcast description and email us at james.com sheets.podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and remember to trust in God for today and for all of your tomorrows.